0: good morning. It's Brad Spillane's uh, Men's Mental Health Show. Good show, we got lined up. Bodie, how are you, mate, first I'm, of all? I'm yeah. well. I was just talking to my uh,
1: grandson, uh, Elijah, um, on the way up, so he was on the phone. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, six, uh, and he's a handful. Mm. Um, now, my, my daughter, uh, Elsha, um, if you're listening, Elsh hi. And, um, she's such a great mum, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, raising this boy... Um, and he's a little bit of a hellraiser. And she said, I'm a hellraiser. raiser, um, but, I, but, I, but I kept it well hidden. <laughs> he aged. He's just a hellraiser.
0: raiser. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a live wire. This, this is your grandson over in Yeah, yeah. Uh, over in, over in Australia. Australia. That's, it. That's it. And we have the wonderful Zoe Taylor. I think this is now third or fourth show. And Zoe, like um, John last week, has made the big trip from the Northern Beaches. So mm. kudos and thank, thank you. Massive you. effort.
2: <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good.
0: I'm good. It's been a good year, I think, since since you last came on. And,
2: oh, and I think it was back in 2018. Uh,
0: oh, wow. Wow.
2: 2019? Maybe.
0: Yeah, because you did a show, and then you did a show with Blue, and then we did a show. Didn't we do a show together or something before you did the last? No, uh, it was just
2: what? the one. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. Well, well, I was, yeah, well, kind of straight we, out of school. We've been in
0: touch a couple of times because you've done some wonderful fundraising events and walks, and
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> and of course while we're here today. But but how you been, Zoe?
2: Yeah, not too bad, pretty busy. Um, hmm. Just spent the last seven months in Europe
0: yeah.
2: um, for uni, so that was exciting, something different.
0: Hey, we were talking about that outside, so you did an exchange uh, a student or with, with uni, so obviously someone came over here, stayed with your folks?
2: Uh, no, it's a bit different. Um, so you pretty much live on campus, so it's all done through the uni that you get into. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Over in it's kind of southwest London, near yeah. Chelsea and Putney. Nice part of the world. But yeah, did uh, four months there and then went travelling for two. So what time of year did you get there? January. Oh, uh, when it was peak peak winter. Yeah, they're, di-
0: they're different people, uh, Londoners in January and yeah, just, just there's no patience or it's a bit like me today. Everyone's so rude. They will push in front of everyone. But come summertime, they're a different. That's an amazing city in the summertime. Well, Bodhi's just come back from there. And he'll tell you that it's, uh, it's incredible in the summertime, but, geez, everyone's so depressed. It's because it's dark, like...
2: Yeah, it's raining all the time. It's cloudy. It's 18 hours
0: a day? Yeah, oh, dark. Yeah.
2: And the yeah. sun sets at, like, 4 p.m. Yeah, in January, wow. which is just a massive wig out. Like, yeah. you'll never get used to it. Right.
0: And how's the studies going? How is it? It's gone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's getting a bit harder now that I'm in my third year. Yeah. Um, got a little bit longer in my degree than I'd like, but um, we're getting there. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, still don't really know what I want to do with it, but yeah, there's a few things that have popped up that I might be interested in. Yeah.
0: What, like, such as, what are you thinking uh,
2: of? Well, with the fundraiser last year and this year, I'm quite interested in potentially doing charity work now. Awesome. Yeah, I was quite into it last year, especially when I was doing it on my own. Raised a lot of money, found the marketing quite interesting yeah i think i just gained quite a few skills and saw a different perspective of like a mental health career
0: so so let's talk, talk about last year before we come to what we're here today but because yeah. you did you you did a, a a terrific walk like it was like 200 kilometers or something what was it <laughs> my no, mixed up with i ran
2: 50ks oh, over okay. october yeah All
0: Right. well still
2: yeah look for someone that doesn't run it's a lot
0: yeah. <laughs> so so the purpose behind that was obviously for mental health which is what you've been so passionate about yep. since I've known you anyway. And how much did you raise?
2: So yeah, it's for Black Dog Institute. Um, they do it every October, I believe. It's called One Foot Forward. And right. you pick how many kilometres you want to walk or run over October. So I thought 50 was a pretty achievable goal. And in the end, I believe I raised five and a half grand Wow. last year. yeah. That's a good way. Yeah, there was a lot of tears um, <laughs> from me. I think in the first two hours, it hit two grand. I just I had so many emotions running through me. I yeah. was crying. I was laughing. I was like, what the hell's going on? It's,
0: um, it, it's a wonderful feeling, isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've kind of got to thank my dad for it because he put it out to all his friends and work friends. I didn't know he had so many connections, but majority of them were the ones that donated like a big yeah. chunk of money. So yeah, I've got to give it to Adam for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I bet you the Black Dog were very grateful as well.
2: Oh, yeah, they raise so much money. There's so many mm. people doing it. They have a little leaderboard where you can see where oh, you're placed, mm. which makes it a little bit competitive. But <laughs>
0: well, I guess with the competition, though, it sort of gives you more drive, doesn't yeah. it? You know? It's, it's the Aussie way, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I just got back from the South Coast. I was down seeing my father. and We, we always have these mini competitions with each other. It wouldn't matter, you know? It's, 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 I don't know. It's just something that we must be into, the competing drive. but. Toby, your good friend. Yeah. Tell us a bit about Toby and, and, and what's happened there. And it's it's quite a devastating story. It's very sad.
2: Yeah. Well, obviously, without going into too much detail about sure. it, um, Toby lost his dad a couple months ago, sadly, to suicide. mm it was a bit of a shock for everyone but I guess that comes with mental health it's the people that you never see it coming from
0: so he, he had no history of depression
2: um he had a bit of a history right. from what I know I don't know the full extent of it yeah yeah but obviously the kids being quite young over this time they yeah. weren't fully aware of it but yeah I don't really know who knew what I had yeah. no idea about yeah. it yeah yeah, so it was a bit of a shock for the whole community because mm. his dad was such a such a bright presence in the community. He was always very chatty, got along with so many people.
0: The, r- the ripple effect is enormous, isn't it? Yeah. It, mm. And so, when obviously you found out um, what had happened, you, you just immediately thought, "Well, we're going to do something about this, raise some more awareness." And
2: well, I was away. I was in uh, Scotland <coughs> at the time. So I found it particularly hard being on the other side of the world, I'm trying to support my best mate. Yeah. But like at the same time, I knew there was so many people at his house all the time, mm. and there was a lot happening with mm. it. So he had the support system. Yeah, I just still felt like there was. You were uh, hopeless. Yeah, well,
0: helpless anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah I was like, yeah, I had my family as well calling and checking on me. Mm. But yeah, it was yeah, just a bit of a shock to the system. Mm. But I was super keen on doing the fundraiser again this year anyway, so I thought I'd put it out to him and see if he was maybe comfortable doing it in memory of his dad. Great. Um, and just making it a bit more special this year. Yeah. And he said yes straight away.
0: And I see you've raised quite a fair bit of money already.
2: Yeah, we um we're just under. Oh, actually no, we just hit seven grand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Isn't that terrific?
2: Yeah, it's been pretty exciting. But it's not. <laughs> it's
0: not just the amount of money; it's the amount of people. In on this, it's I saw the numbers the other day, it was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, because there's a few like big donations, but yeah, there's quite a there's more smaller ones, which Mm. means that more people are getting around it, Mm. and it just Mm. shows like how much it actually affected the whole community Mm. um, around where we live.
0: Wow, we've got the event coming up on Saturday night, yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, because Toby and I used to work together, um, he just left recently, Mm. we thought um that we'd use the venue um and maybe put together a little fundraiser night um we're gonna have live music a raffle i've had a lot of um our local liquor reps be kind enough to donate uh, a lot of merch and alcohol for the raffle
0: is there still tickets available yeah so why don't you tell us where's it at and what time and
2: yep uh, so it's at Forest Hotel, Fletcher's Forest.
0: It's on the social pages I've put up as well. Yeah, it's
2: in the Northern Beaches in yeah. Sydney. A bit far away from here. Mm. But everyone's welcome. Mm. Doors will be opening at 6.30. We'll have two acts playing. One of them is a guy that I work with, Luca. His band has been kind enough to volunteer to play. Awesome. Mm. Um, mm. And the other band, I don't know if I'm actually supposed to like reveal who it is, but it's just special family and friends okay. um, doing a performance awesome and toby might even get up and sing which will i'd pay to see that so oh wow yeah <laughs> has he got singing? sing yeah apparently i've yeah. never heard him sing but apparently he can sing wow there's isn't no it? pressure but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah wow that sounds like it's going to be an awesome night i'd set up have yeah. have something on saturday night but i'll try and get over there if i can
2: yeah it'll yeah. be good i'm very nervous about yeah. it it's my first event that i'm ever hosting yeah. so there's a lot of pressure
0: <laughs> yeah. she's amazing isn't she Bates? You know? Absolutely, it's inspiring. Like my daughter's only a couple of years younger than than Zoe, and we've just been managing to connect over the last couple of oh, probably eighteen months, and been able to really drive some wonderful conversations about some things, and particularly around both of our mental health situations. And um, I'm just you know eternally grateful to her for that. But it's always a, a breath of fresh air. To see someone as young as yourself just wanting to drive something so important, Zoe. It's truly wonderful. So kudos to you, mate. Thanks. What do you think, Bates? Absolutely. You know,
1: to become engaged in real-life issues is a tremendous act of courage and commitment, I think, to... The bigger story of our human journey so all power to your testimony and input uh, so we, and all the people that uh love you and care for you and sort of you know are supporting your journey as well and for toby the loss of of his dad in that particular way that you described is al- also a uh, almost inconsolable loss at some level it, it takes a lot of work and embeddedment in people around to be able to hold that grief and and to kind of make sense of it you know i mean at one level you have to keep honoring the sort of uh, memory of of the good times with dad and then also um, hold that reality of deep loss and that's not easy to do that asks a lot of our capacity to hold mm. big issues uh, in heart and mind yeah. um, that's a big piece of work so yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. How's Toby going now? It, Toby's father's name, Warwick. Warwick, Warwick yeah. Warwick.
2: Um, he's doing okay now, I think.
0: Sorry, sorry. No, it's yeah.
2: all right. He's doing a lot better, yeah. obviously, than what he was doing. I think the fundraiser is a bit of a tricky one for me because I'm trying to promote mental health generally, but I'm also not trying to push anything with him that might trigger something. Mm. Mm. So I've kind of taken control over all mm. the organising. All he has okay. to do is run. Because, um, yeah, I, just, I want the night and the whole fundraiser to just be something that he can look back and mm. just kind of be proud of. And I know his dad would be so proud of him for doing mm. it. And mm. I want that to mm. be what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tricky one
1: Yeah,
0: it, it, it would be And being so recent Yeah, very, very difficult But as you say, I guess that one of the main things that drives you Is what Warwick will be looking down and seeing now And how proud he'll be yeah. You know, like what a wonderful, wonderful nod to his father To yeah. have that strength to be able to then get up And drive a fundraiser along with yourself And then to go for a run
2: Yeah Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah I wonder, with, with other surrounding friends, the discussions and how's that, have you, been, have you guys been talking openly, I guess, more around your own mental health or how things are going and, you know, how do you sort of then bring up, hey, look, you know, how are you coping this week? I had a couple of bad moments where I was in the car at the set of lights and I just lost it. Are you talking quite openly about stuff like that? You're finding it easier these days to do that?
2: Well, I'm very open about yeah. my mental health. I always have been. I actually recently just started seeing a psychologist again. Oh, did you? Yeah, since I came home, something's just like felt a little bit off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it might be just a transition, but yeah, I know with my years of experience with yeah. mental health, yeah, when to kind of like check in with myself and think, okay, it's time to actually do something about it because um, yeah. you're past the point of like being able to help yourself. Yeah. And I preach to all my friends that there's professional help around you and like yeah. sometimes the hardest thing to do is just like take your own advice and actually do it yeah but yeah i've noticed that like my friends my female friends are very quick to talk about how they're feeling if anything yeah. is stressing them out yeah which is always great but a lot of the guys in my life yeah. really struggle with it and you have to without pushing them too hard i like really dig and ask them questions about it f- to get like a proper yeah. answer about like, how they're feeling. Yeah. Which is, yeah, kind of what we're focusing on with the fundraiser, more like towards men's mental health.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you unveil some, some of the secrets as to how to get some of these guys to talk or, you know, let us know. <laughs> but I always find that, like, I won't mention a name, but I've got a good mate at the moment. And it, it, just going to him, it's, it's, as soon as I'll go there, he'll, he'll segue out of it. So I'll try a different approach and go around a, a, a different way. It's very difficult. But I, I think that's a, a wonderful skill you've got to be able to acknowledge. Oh, look, I'm just perhaps feeling a little bit of a shift. You know, I'll jump ahead of this. You know, I'll go and have a chat with someone. Bodie has a chat with someone in his line of work, the amount of stuff he has to carry every day. It's, you know, none of us are, immune to to anything that comes out of you know some of these horrible situations of what mental health can do to us you know yeah i'd like to sort of come in a little bit
1: here absolutely Uh, i'm seeing a a guy via zoom because he's uh, up the coast once a fortnight we check in you know for the hour and i've been around in this game for 30 odd years but you never fully understand a lot of the issues that go on inside one. And it's really helpful to be able to engage with someone who's well-trained, who has that capacity to sit with you, not in judgement, but in, in an openness to explore what it is that um, is causing a problem or a simmering or a something, as you say, Zoe, slightly off. And you want to try and get on top of it. And one of the ways in which I express my thoughts to, uh, to the guy I see who's maybe four or five years older than me it's it's interesting isn't it I'm 74 he's 78 so um, but he's been around for a long long time a very wise old man is by writing poetry and also writing uh, storms of sort of kind of feeling that I sometimes can get into Um, but I've got to offload I've got to unpack something and because I'm good with words and he is a PhD uh, psychologist he delights in the depth of my sort of kind of exploration. But it provides a means by which we I, I can engage. And I always feel at the end of the hour, something settled, something... Um, more things for me to consider, more ideas that I can incorporate into my reality, more hope that I, um, I'll get through this. You know, yeah. all, all those things which are designed to build up your resilience and to Mm. understand and regather uh, the inspiration and the desire Mm. to be as real as one can in this life. And I don't think there's any point in one's life in which the right person sitting with you will make a huge difference. And I think the great tragedy is so many of us somehow rather Deny ourselves that opportunity to be resourced by someone who's got a skill set, a counselling skill set that can genuinely hold a space for real dialogue to occur. Mm. And you know when things are really cooking because there's a there's silences in the hour, and then there's suddenly a flood of sort of kind of thoughts that sort of well up, and that comes out, and Mm. that's the that's laid out between the two of you and then uh, you know i sit back for a moment and he might come up with a sort of uh could you say more about that or you know something gets activated within him to to offer Mm. yeah yeah i know what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so uh, any listeners if you're wondering is there any merit in counseling Mm. i would say emphatically yes but with a caveat you might have to try a number of people to get the right fit so yeah. if your first experience of someone and you feel that there wasn't a connection, mm. um, and you know as soon as you get into the space whether there is something yeah. happening that is drawing you to uh, to arrive, you know mm. what I mean. And at, at the end of the hour, you have a sense. Yeah, I think this will work. Yeah, I had yeah. a guy come up it, um, it, yeah. once to see me, and he and he climbed the top of the stairs. Never exchange of of words between us. He just took one look at me and said. This is going to work. This yeah. will I work.
0: I remember you telling me this one once. Yeah, this will yeah. work, yeah.
1: and it, and it did work, of course. Yeah. But what happens energetically is always beyond words. And I think it's an open-hearted posture if if you, it helps enormously. You know, mm. you know. And if someone's struggling, mm. you're right. You don't push. You don't. You know. You know what I mean, you know? can almost you, sense it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You, you, you have to sit in a bit of stillness to allow those defences to dissolve enough that a word might be offered or two words or five words Mm. or even a rush of energy Mm. or discomfort and one of the things that's really interesting is how do you sit with uh, when you make a mistake? There's a moment as a the therapist uh, or the psychologist right. that you wander off or you don't pay full attention to something, and you might ask a question right. which is totally irrelevant to the sort of client that's sitting with you, mm. and you have to own up to your therapeutic error, you know, mm. Where, where, mm. when you've drifted, and uh, keep keep bringing yourself back. Yeah. And good therapy can come out of a therapeutic e- error mm. because what it Actually tells the other that we will make mistakes, that yeah. there is no perfection, there is no uh, ultimate knowledge, everything is an exploration. And if we're honest enough to sit in respect, yeah. uh, a conversation will emerge that ultimately has healing value in it and merit. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a long-winded sort of kind of... But,
0: but, uh, but, but no, it, it, no, it's not really. I mean, it, but getting back to, like, Zoe, Zoe, said she's been very open about her mental health. And, yeah, look, so have I. I was talking to my father. He's, when he feels a shift, he goes and talks to somebody. It just seems to be something that women and girls are so much better at doing within their friends or their group of getting to that situation. I think what's important for a lot of men to understand, and this conversation came up the other day, I don't want to see anyone that starts with a P a psychiatrist, a psychologist, psychotherapist, I'll put me on drugs, I'll change what I'm thinking. Well, it's, it's, it's important to know. Like, I, I didn't really, I thought we'd sort of evolved a little bit further from that understanding, but it, we're all different. But it's important to note that you control the narrative always or generally unless you hand that that over you know what I mean like or you have that taken from you which you'd like to think you're not going to have that happen to you if you're locked up in a home for 48 hours well you know or playing up but you control the narrative of where you want to go with your therapy or why you're there because it's quite basically led from the therapist or the person you're talking to with very direct simple questions of where you want to be mm. That makes sense, doesn't mm. it? Do you find that when, you, when you're talking to someone or when you're choosing a therapist?
2: Well, There's a couple of mm. things there. The first one, I think with men or well, the, the guys in my life, I feel like they are more comfortable talking to a girl than one of their guy friends. I don't know what it is about females, but they must have some sort of calming presence that makes them feel more comfortable mm. because I can get a lot more out of people than I know that their mates can. Mm and I don't take that as like a compliment to myself. I think it's just a common thing.
0: But you don't also pass back to the guy and say, oh, come on mate, oh, harden, no, up, harden up, harden <laughs> up, you know, like, you know, this is just something you're thinking about, you can get over this, yeah. you know, which is often what we, we sort of dismiss slight indicators or signs as men, from men to men, you yeah. know what I
2: mean? I think the second thing is probably as well, the, the cost of seeing someone. I know that's always been a thing for me, like over the past God, what they, like nine or 10 years now, especially like when i left school and i started like paying for it myself Mm. it was like the biggest barrier for me to actually go and get help because once the medicare or medibank or whatever you have takes off the what's subsidized you still have to fork out about 150 dollars and that's every Mm. week Mm. and for most people that's half their paycheck
0: well, yeah it can be yeah but we've also got you know i think you can get some sessions or uh, you know night or nine or ten i think it's important if you work with your gp there are ways around it. look some good therapists i know will, you could just save them look if you're not in a situation at the moment maybe we can work something out
2: yeah it just depends on who you go and them.
0: then there's that that level of shame that you can feel as a man and just in that response yeah, though, you exactly. know like for me it's like god i just don't feel like i'm you know, quite complete, yeah. you know, and you feel ashamed about that alone. But I hear what you're saying. It is a big issue, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's a
1: really interesting issue. And I mean, you can always ask the person that you're approaching to say, what is the fee? And if the figure feels too high is there a possibility of um, a reduced fee or I guess it, it's up to the individual uh, therapist as to whether or not they respond to that but I've certainly seen someone who um, a number of people now mm. who have offered quite significant reductions in the fee because their circumstances are substantially reduced they have a need which is as equivalent to anybody else and so we, we, we negotiate something and mm. I say, let's do this for 10 10 weeks at this fee and then review that, your circumstance may have changed and many times in the review, the work is just ongoing at that original cost that we negotiated. So you want to try and keep the transaction sort of kind of honest, but people do have, everybody has a need at some level um, and if cost is a problem. That's uh, uh, there is no resolution Mm. The person Mm. carries their distress on their own Mm. and starts to feel somewhat disempowered or or not feeling that there's any way out of the
0: dilemma that they're in Um, because when things get acute particularly the whole life stops doesn't it? their work stops, their income um, stops their their relationships all stop it's yeah, oh, I mean,
1: I have said sometimes to guys, "Look, what are you spending on uh, your drugs of choice?" Yeah, yeah, and that's a bit of a sobering sort of kind of realization yeah. on their part. Oh, okay, yeah. you know, would you be willing to forego some of your consumption um, in order to meet a fee? Given that some of the growth that might be uh, possible, you know, may well change the course of your direction of life or ideas yeah. about who you are. Yeah. So, I think one of the things about it, the shame of needing help. And the fee can conflate. But if you start to see it as I'm resourcing myself uh, to make sense of what I'm struggling with so that I can resume the, the story of living, mm. living well, that's not a bad investment. No. And I think we need to sort of think about it in self-resourcing rather than it's a terrible, a terrible cost. But it, the other reality is that People who have families and children and costs, yeah, that one hundred and fifty or one hundred and eighty or whatever the the, the fee yeah, is charged, yeah. uh, is beyond them. And so that's an uh, um, yeah that, that is an ongoing issue. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how to resolve that. But there are sort of self help ways of co counselling, for example, as, mm. as a model mm. in which people counsel each other. Yeah. So it's a co counselling thing. So you might find someone who you trust and they're willing to um, work something out with you but you're at, actually offering to listen carefully to the other mm. and you take turns. There's also another way of going is looking for group therapy.
0: And that, yeah, I was going to bring that because up. Because that's often yeah.
1: a lower uh, fee uh, and you also get the, get the surprising benefits of listening to others. To others
0: and, 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 um, and growing and, from their Yeah, and deriving something, something yeah.
1: that's valuable for yourself yeah. from their reflection. Mm. Um, so group therapy is certainly uh, a, a, an option. I think the other thing that's really interesting here, also, is what, um, for the listeners to actually say, so who in my network, who who in my relationships, friendships, yeah. I can gen, I can really talk to. Yeah. I can really yeah. open up about the uncertainties, the mental health issues that, that I can sometimes trust, come that up. I can be brutally honest with. I, can, I can be d- brutally honest with. I can trust. I I can have an open dialogue. Uh, that, that don't hit me with, oh, I get over it. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That genuine listening capacity—that's mm. crucial to well-being. Yeah. Uh, yeah in yeah. our in our society, <laughs> and, and all of us should yeah. should be building up significant people in our lives who love us yeah. and listen to us yeah. and offer that kind of re- reflective ear yeah. um, uh, for our well-being. And and of course, one reciprocates that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which means that you, you know you, you you offer that to others, yeah. and then there's a huge ripple effect in that in that um, in that
0: process. Yeah, yeah. You got good good friends like that, eh? That you can just yeah yeah. yeah I do. But still, it makes it tougher that one on one stuff. You know, like I I, <laughs> I mean, I used to well, I still do self sabotage things. And when I you know like uh, I, in my early twenties, I used to gamble a lot, right? And when I did that, particularly, the amount of self-loathing and hatred I had towards myself would compound so much shame that there was no way I could bring myself to tell anyone.
2: Mm.
0: You know, so it was a difficult one to sort of have a conversation with me. And then the next thing, you know, I'm I'm sitting next to a mate and I'm doing this, so he must be having the same problem as well. You know, I. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's it's tough, but I, I like the group in the group sense. You know, we we do something called the men's table. I've I've grown. I've felt quite a lot from listening to other men's stories. It, it, a big thing I find for a lot of men is it, when something happens that hasn't happened to someone before, they think this is they're the only person in the world this is happening yeah. to. And and we as men, especially, are so good at that. It's like oh, man, this is on oh, this is the worst thing in the world. It's like a man flute, really. Yeah. But it's not. that we do. We think oh. And all of a sudden, if you get in a group setting, you hear someone else, you go, far out, man. He's, he's actually going through this as well, you know? Like, and so there's a chance of connection there. I guess I, I guess, sort of filling feel, that toolkit and knowing that self-awareness and having a lot of that stuff is helpful as well. But reaching out is not an easy thing to do.
2: No.
1: I think we've also been culturally men have been sold as sort of a, a, a story about being rational um, and, um, and not actually even have a connection to one's feelings. Mm. And you certainly wouldn't talk about them. You know, you carry that burden of feeling. If you're feeling rotten or sad or... or profoundly disappointed or, mm. or some rejection whatever is going on leading to feelings of disconnection mm. um, you know we, we uh, we've learned to sort of staunch up carry that on our own mm. and it's not the sort of conversation you have with your best mate because you' Your, your best mate conversations, if they've always been about the footy or about you know th- things of mutual interest, yeah. um, that doesn't necessarily include suffering or vulnerability. Mm. So so you protect the, the best best mate relationship by not yeah. bringing in that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an odd thing. Um, but I think we've been sold culturally a story of uh, not engaging with our feeling and not seeking help yeah. among our network to talk about that real stuff. I know younger men are starting to actually do it more, more, more easily. Um, I've certainly been told that, and i certainly work with young men sometimes. I've only got a seventeen-year-old at the moment in my practice, you know, and, and he is able to talk about a feeling state uh, without wincing or sort of, you know, uh, falling into, you know, silence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, n- numb. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're slowly getting there, but. I think men, us men have to relinquish a lot of ideas about vulnerability and about uh, about about seeking help as self-love. It's a form of self-love, to, mm. you know, to mm. seek help. I'm not travelling that well, uh, and I'm not going to just disappear off, the, uh, um, you know, um, and, and leave others floundering in a void. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll put it out there. Mm. So, so I think we're gradually, at some level chipping away at the monolith of masculinity Mm. which so many of us have found it so difficult to explore vulnerability if you like
0: yeah i um wasn't too sure if i should sort of mention this so i've I've had a couple of issues with my son at the moment and getting uh i guess my ex-wife to agree with a few things has been rather challenging so, I actually reached out to John because he's not far from where Jeremy lives over in the Northern Beaches. And uh, I said, Look to John, I said, M- Man, this is John Milham. He comes on, he's, he's a coach, and he's been doing a couple of wonderful shows with Bodie the last couple of weeks, anyway. I said, Look, I think it's important. You don't need to go into the session. I don't really need to, you know, that you build that rapport and whatnot. But um, I've sort of got to get back to his principal because, you know, he's been pulled up at a meeting, he's on a two day suspension. And uh, they need to decide. So I need to sort of just give some sort of feedback that we're being active and getting, you know, seeking Jeremy some help and and a way forward. And I was just most impressed that how he sort of came back to me, John, and he said, we've been doing some work on control and being present. The first four superpowers for any young bloke, which, you know, when, when he started bringing up things like, he said those are mindfulness, flexibility, curiosity and gratitude. Now, I don't know if they're in that particular order but what a wonderful thing to sort of approach i would never have thought of mindful. i didn't know what mindfulness was until i was in my 30s you know i didn't i didn't know what meditation was really until i was in the mid-30s but to curious to be curious and challenge and question which is what so many young men or, or men of all ages would be doing But the thing I I liked most was he was teaching or talked to my son about was gratitude. And I think that when Bodhi mentions mad, bad or sad, which is what a lot of us deal with, the first step of getting out of that is gratitude. The appreciation of just the smallest things in your life that you feel you probably don't notice or take advantage of or don't appreciate normally, you know, um... I, I, I go and catch up with my mates a few weeks ago and they've got some beautiful homes, some of these guys. They're in massive homes in the northern beaches. I go, God, look at this. This is how the other half's living. <laughs> but then, you know, I get in the car and I go back and I go, when I was living in a home like that, I didn't have the happiness I have today. But that's me. These guys are happy, don't get me wrong. But it was almost like I was always competing for the next step. What can I get next? And I was missing out on that self Love or appreciation of what I had—that in the end I lost it, you know. So yeah, I—I I, I don't know. I just, what what are some of the things that you practice on a daily thing to help you get through some of the struggles you have, Zoe? I
2: have a list on my phone, um, which I think is probably, if I do become a psychologist one day, something that I'll be telling all my patients. Um, I think it's really important to write down when you're feeling good all the things that you know are effective um, in sustaining that mood Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously on the bad days your head is so clouded and your judgment is just gone out the window Um, and just having a list there already of what you know is going to be effective is probably the best thing to help you in that moment when you don't know what to do at all. Mm. Um, So I've got such small things on there like make your bed, wash your face, Um, go for a walk around the block, sit outside in the sun, just like really small things that I know are achievable and will last maybe Mm. a minute or less Um, Mm. because then it's about the the small achievements and then at the end of the day you can kind of tell yourself that you did do something, Mm. even Mm. if it took 30 seconds, but you didn't just sit around all day and you're not worthless. Like you are actually, if you put your body and you challenge your mind, against mm. it, um, yeah, you can kind of do anything.
0: Mm. I like that. I really do. You know, um, I was never one for getting up in the morning and making the bed. I still am a bit like that, but I always throw water on the face. And then, But just recently, for probably the last six months, I've been throwing cold water yeah. in the morning. And it's cold where I live, obviously, here in the mountains. But boy, it makes a difference. Just yeah. that, that immediate... <sighs> that stun that shock and, and it's like oh right I'm awake now because I'm very slow going in the mornings you know um, but that's I love that man that's wonderful wonderful things to do so, yeah
2: I've started swimming recently but as you're well.
0: also making notes of things that when things aren't going well aren't you uh,
2: or yeah, what some of those triggers might be Or journaling's definitely on that list because um, it's something that just seems really hard journaling I feel like it seems like too much of an effort to grab out, like, a pen and a paper, especially because everything's done on computers these days. All right. Um, and just writing it all down, especially when you don't know where to start or how yeah. you're actually feeling. Yeah. But I find that once I, like, start writing, it just all comes out, and then everything that was just running rampant in my mind is all of a sudden on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one was, like, a journaling prompt that I found, and it was, right at the end of the day, write three things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And it could just be, like... <clears throat> um, a customer at work like smiled at me today yeah like just small things like that um where it kind of like reminds you that not everything was bad mm. and there's subtle little things in the world and people are trying to be kind and make a difference without like just subconsciously without mm. you even realizing it
0: mm. Mm. Spot on, in not it, Bates? Oh, yeah, 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 no, uh,
1: gratitude, um, absolutely. It's, uh, it's such a powerful thing. It, it, it really does attack those kind of negative mm. thoughts or, or sad thoughts or despairing thoughts or mm. that sort of stuff. You know, after um, the uh, referendum the next day, um, um, in, in a bit of a state of shock, I must say, um, uh, I had to sit in the sun for a, a, a good number of hours. I had to watch the birds flitting around in my garden I had Mm -hmm. to watch the wind sowing through the pine trees um, uh, and I had to keep reminding myself um, that um, this is contextual Um, this is an event Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not the end of it of anything maybe the start of something i don't even know what that would look like yeah but the sun keeps rising yeah um, you know i'm warmed by that sun mm-hmm. um and uh and then i was also able to sit in the realization that um and what popped up for me as i was sitting there in that sort of thinking about those people, Aboriginal people who worked hard to try and get the yes vote across, Yeah. Um, I was thinking, you know, I've got a white face and, I, and I've never experienced mm. systemic dispossession. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and I, never, I don't know about it, mm. but I can sit in solidarity. Mm. But I'm not even sure what that word means, you know, because it reads at some level to uh, colonial history. Mm. So... It, it's just really um, how how do how do you how do we sit in relationship to all of us um, yeah. in Australia um, despite the yes or no and how how might we understand that those who said no had for them felt very good reasons why that was a concern mm-hmm. and to um, ask bigger questions rather than, um, questions that shuts things down. And, I and, guess. and it's hard to
0: like. And we're just using this as an example, but it's hard to, after the follow of that, whatever your decision was, to to draw positive, or what 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 have I learned from this? Um, you know, immediate authorities anger. I mean, my my father went one way, I went the other, and you know, I knew it was going to come up in the car drive on the on the way home. I knew it was going to come up, and I, you know. When I get passionate about, it, I get so sensitive, or I'll just come in with my reasons, as in, you know, I it doesn't make sense, or you know, I'll, I'll fight, I'll spy, I'll fire back with a comment that, you know, is really just to get him to fire back with something to me, and then, yeah, it's a, but then I went and got two coffees this morning. and The wonderful young man over the road, he's a he's a real character, Diego. He won't want me saying, and he just said. Do you know what that meant? Like, he's, he's only 19. And he said, um, I had no idea about the lives of our Indigenous people before all of this came up. But now I feel like I know so much more. I've learnt so much more over these last six months mm, mm, mm. about our Indigenous culture than I have done in the 18 years before this. I know, it's a wonderful, what a wonderful thing to say. Mm, like, I got the coffee, I went back and I went wow, man, like, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's a pretty powerful thing that he's drawn from that mm-hmm. and a young man to say something like that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Zoe, yeah.
1: so if it can come back to you, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in your understanding that you note that young men or, and older men sometimes find it more easily to talk to a, a woman or talk specifically to you. you know, I think that's a, a, a wonderful insight is there more you can say about that because sometimes we, in men's mental health we sort of kind of assume that men need to get together to sort of talk and, and yes they do but I think reaching out to their the women folk um, or, or a sister or an auntie or, uh, you know whatever you know can make a difference and I think it's such an asset that you, you describe mm. could you say a little bit more about what it's like for you to know that men lean in when you say how are you
2: Um, I think it comes back to the stigma around men's mental health, um, how there is a lot of shame and it's not okay to not Mm. be okay. Um, It's just something that's been embedded through everyone's minds throughout history, really. Mm. But I I read a study a while ago for Psych um, about how women, it comes back to the maternal sense. Um, So I think men just feel connected to women because potentially it may remind them of their mothers. Um, and it may give them that sense that they're safe um, and they're being cared for, mm. assuming that that person's had a healthy relationship sure. with their parent. Mm. Mm. Also, the f- yeah, so just the fact that most boys share the same idea about how we don't talk about our feelings, we make jokes about it, mm. um, we take the piss out of most things, but mm. we're never going to have a serious conversation. Mm. Um, again, I'm saying this from like an outsider perspective. No. I'm not in these groups. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what happens, but I have heard some some comments that could probably be a bit of a more serious conversation. Mm. But yeah, I think it all just stems back to that really, is that they all kind of share a common theme of mm. Mm. we've never spoken about this before, so why are we going to start now? Mm. Um, whereas girls, the stereotype of female relationships is that we gossip and that mm-hmm. we mm. chat a lot and we're emotional and we're sensitive. Mm which honestly can be used as an advantage. Like I would say I'm emotional and sensitive, but like I've learned yeah. so much about my mental health because I'm emotional and sensitive. Um, and like my bad days when I, like it is a bit bad and I do tend to rant to people. Mm. Like it's not something that defines who I am. I'm not yeah just yeah, yeah. being annoying. I'm just expressing myself yeah. and it's just a part of me. Yeah, And I think that should be a thing that, everyone kind of gets around is that mm. it's normal to do that and mm. it's normal to feel those things mm. but if you don't talk about it it's going to be abnormal in your head mm. and it always will be until you just grab a full understanding on it
0: mm. no well said i um, you know some days I'm, I'm up for it i'm up for for talking i'm up for being open and i, know, I just have so much stuff on my mind that i feel if i'm if, if someone's sharing with me or talking to me or um, that if I'm not there, I feel I'm letting them down. If, yeah. if, and, and and so I've actually sort of been saying, look, because I've found talking to some of my mates, the best thing to do is just to let them talk yeah. and and they'll eventually get over the, the ego stuff of, oh, how good work is, how much money I'm making, how good's my car at the moment, and then they'll really get to it. But sometimes it can take too long. And and if I say that hey let's just get to it then they'll sort of go oh, hang on man what? yeah so I, I struggle with that being present if I've got too much on my mind and being able to do that you're far more skillful at being more direct Bodie than well than, and yourself well it was
1: interesting you know um, uh, going to badminton on said uh, Sunday morning mm-hmm. and I walked in at uh, half past eight and people were starting to play and I just found myself in a anger and I said. Who, there was about 12 people oh. around, I said, who here voted no? Let's have a talk. <laughs> suddenly the game, all the game stopped. You know? uh, very direct. <laughs> it, that's what I meant, that's both. It, 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 it <laughs> was very direct. And what was interesting is one of the players, uh, Jacinta, she just came over and, and she just gave me a huge hug and she said, I, I know how you're feeling. Yeah. And, that, and then the anger sort of, sort of came down. And I'm grateful that Jacinta came out in that way. It was unexpected. Yeah. Um, but she just came out of the group, gr- dropped the yeah. racket, came yeah. out, yeah. just gave me a big hug. And yeah, and I sort of then could play badminton. Uh, yeah. But I was so, I was I was angry. I was carrying a, a, mm. a pit of anger. But I love that no- notion that you bring up, Zoe. It's not okay, it, that so many boys, men. Mm. It's it's not okay to not be okay. Mm. So somehow rather. I had to keep reading that to say, what on earth does that mean? But it's kind of telling us that the shame thing about us, not Mm. I'm not okay, Mm. um, seems to generate that silence and that Mm. sort of kind of. uh, When I was seventeen, I wasn't travelling that well. I was was in a state of depression, Mm. and um, and started to withdraw from family and that sort of stuff. Mm. You could say the the beginning um, potential to sink into a kind of a, a, a despair thinking that then leads a, a, to suicidality or, you know, mm. the idea of, well, I think I might just, you know, shuffle off. Um, but my sister picked it up, mm. and, um, uh, she saw, and she's the one that got me involved in a youth group. And um, that, that began my journey out of the sadness that I was feeling into a, a, an involvement yeah. in a really good way. You know, so I mm-hmm. I came out of the slump and got into the mm-hmm. got into the group and, mm-hmm. and into life. So you're right. You know, I mean, uh, uh, um, our sister folks they can see, whereas us guys don't. We're learning now to pick up the signs of other men around us when they're not travelling that well. Yeah. We're starting. Yeah. We're starting to.
0: Get an understanding. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, evolving a, in that sense, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Out yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. But you know, I th- I'm pretty sure women are actually going. Oh my God, such a relief! Mm. This man started to actually connect to his feeling life because it's a little bit sort of autonomous. It's, it's, it's a little bit like um, uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> if you have no feeling life, you're operating in a strange milieu. Mm. I mean, it's, it's actually is not really real. Mm. To feel is actually very real. Mm. And I think that the, the story of the rational mind uh, as the way forward for all of humanity, the conversation we're not having is what would that world look like mm. if mm. we're all rational? Mm. I think the greatest poetry and the greatest songs and the greatest movements towards each other come out of out of feeling reality. Mm. Mm. And DiMaggio, the uh, neuroscientist, uh, has, has shown um, that in the synapses of the brain... That um, a feeling response is the first thing we experience before we have a thought about. A that. feeling response, yeah. A feeling response is yeah. first, the first yeah. thing, cab off the rank before we can then um, yeah. rationalize um, or talk about what yeah. that feeling response is. Yeah. Um, and if we disown our feeling responses to living, uh, um, we step away from our humanness. Mm. So these are, these are really interesting sort of conversations to have, mm. and and um, I think that's what we've been talking about today.
0: Yeah, I I agree. You know, I was, I was sort of talking to to a group of guys, which this group that like I'm in four or five WhatsApps or whatever groups that you know I get involved, and in. one of them come about because one of the chaps that I played cricket with took his life sadly, and um and it was coming up to the to the anniversary, and one of the guys asked me to sort of we, we need to bring this you know into conversation and uh it was funny i think because at the time the ashes was on and we we were he's 14 in the group and everyone's all these blacks are so comfortable at expressing their opinion about the leadership of the australian cricket team yet have no idea of expressing the leadership of themselves you know what i mean like of what's going on um and uh you know, and, I, and I sort of came in, I thought the best way of sort of opening this up into this discussion was, look, was showing a little bit of humility. And, and, and I said, look, you know, I, I was never a big fan of, of Pat Cummins and his leadership coming into this Ashes series. And here we are between the second and third test and they're two nil up Australia. I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, but now I'm feeling like I'm a real dickhead because I've been expressing my disgust or you know like for the Australian captain and then I wrote I've never dissed our Australian captain not Ricky Ponting not Steve Ward not Alan Ball not all of these guys yet I've all of a sudden felt it's comfortable to do so um and with that it, it really brought up you know some some discussion from some of the other guys oh yeah good on you Spillow like okay man like you're not that bad a dickhead you got it wrong but you know and 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 it was wonderful because we could bring into the piss take session that you know like as you do as blokes you have each other on but it did it was a great way of sort of bringing up that discussion some humility and putting some um you know admitting my own fault um but yeah i don't know it was just a i don't know why i brought that up but i just felt it was a a pertinent thing to say but yeah you you know what i mean like it, it but whereas if I went directly to it, I doubt if I would have got any response, any response whatsoever, and it would have gone a day without anyone saying in the group, and then the next day would have just been a discussion about something else, you know, which this group is very good at doing. Um, oh, you know, look,
1: I think it's a great example um, that you that you get to suddenly get very interested in why am I so conv- why have, do I have such a conviction about this person called Cummings um where's that coming from yeah uh, yeah and uh maybe trying to deconstruct um, yeah and and that was it individual. I
0: knew what I, before I put that out what I was trying to 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 connect to or what what I was trying to get to um but you know yeah 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 to deconstruct the whole thing from from to away was yeah pretty clever of me really
1: and guys don't find that easy to to say well why would why did you use that word or why did you thump the table when you were saying that yeah um you know they take that as a kind of uh that you're trying to correct them yeah yeah. um but just asking the question um Mm. uh, is it possible for you to examine just just what was flooding up for you in that moment mm. Um, mm. and that can lead to some very interesting insights mm. um, and I think this is where you are, are, are doing so well is that you're becoming interested in what drives the, the words mm. that comes out of you mm. um, um, and, um, and uh, as, as to become more skillful mm. in the things mm. that you wish to say.
2: yeah It's yeah. always about yeah.
1: increasing one's skill set. Yeah. or one's insight or depth mm. of knowledge mm. and sometimes for me the more I know uh, the less I'm inclined to say anything yeah, um, yeah. I'm just listening
0: yeah 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 no good point man well we've come to the the back end of the show guys Zoe thanks for coming up
2: that's alright thanks for having me
0: and uh, I think um, you know this 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 could be something for you to do down the track like, you know a charitable Get behind Zoe and, or get Zoe to, to head charge the front of, of getting this out there for mental health and and exposing and reducing the stigma and raising more awareness. Good and, on you, man.
1: And your marketing interests. I mean, I, yeah, you know, the, our society is built on the skill of marketing and getting the message out there, yeah. and I think it's an underrated skill. It's a really interesting part of um, uh, profiling a, um, an issue mm. and building a solid. Mm. Uh, uh, awareness around that mm. um, so I've got a great deal of respect for those who learn those skills.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something I'm still learning but we're getting there. I've got a lot of help around me. Yeah, yeah.
0: but it's great for physical and your own mental fitness too, isn't it? you know yeah. Good on you man.
2: Thank you.
0: All right, so it's uh, the, the nights on this uh, Saturday night at 6 p.m. at Frenchs Forest or Forestville, RSL El Club I should say. Um, in memory of Warwick Hills. Um, if you're in the area you want to get involved and go and see some good live music and support the Hills family, um, you can do so. I'll put something up on the Men's Mental Health Show again. Um, but a big thanks again to, to Zoe Taylor for coming up. I apologise. Though. I thought we did this is our third show, this show. No. I thought we'd done two. So um, we'll have to do another one this time next year or yeah, something. Yeah, right, Sounds good. And we'll get a touch, a touch base. <laughs> yeah, of what's yeah. going That's on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Bates. Yeah. Um, oh, it, was,
1: it was lovely sitting uh, with you today, Zoe, so thank you.
0: That's mm. all, right. <laughs> all right. and a big thanks to uh, Mounties Group and also to, to all manufacturing personnel, recruitment and labour hire in the manufacturing industry. We'll be back next week uh, at the same time here on 89.1 RBM FM. It's the Men's Mental Health Show. We'll see you next week.